0: Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Thank you Lord God, thank you Lord God, thank you for not leaving us or forsaking us. Thank you for not stopping your blessings in our life God. Thank you for not letting go of us. this is a good platform to transition into the word of God. Let's put the words up Revelation 3 7 through 13 Revelation 3 7 through 13. Are you still thankful for the Lord? Hallelujah. Let's read one two three. Go. Amen. 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 I want to talk about today in our Conqueror series, how to conquer rejection. How to conquer rejection. Lord, some stuff doesn't make sense in our life. Um, But you are ever working. God, I pray for some people in here. There's a lot of rejection in the room. It's past and there's family and life issues where people have felt just cut off. God, I pray through this message that you would restore their sense of value, their sense of worth, their sense of understanding of you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? You may be seated, you may be seated. Let me ask you a question. What does Anita Baker, Sidney Poitier, Bruce Lee, Jose Hernandez, Michael Jordan, Barack Obama, and Lauren Hill all have in common? Somebody say, strike that from the record. Um, they all have experienced rejection. I mean, Lauryn Hill, one of the biggest selling artists at all times, um, and don't act like y'all know nothing about that, Well, millennials, I love y'all, but y'all know nothing about that. Um, I'm just messing with y'all, it's a whoa, whoa. But she got booed at the Apollo. Um, Barack Obama, his first congressional run, he lost. Michael Jordan, Um, got basically failed to be on the basketball team in high school, so they didn't allow him to be on the team. Can you imagine telling Michael Jordan that he couldn't be on the basketball team and then all that happened, happened? Uh, Jose Hernandez um, was uh, rejected from NASA's astronaut program 11 times. In 2004, became a part of the training program. Bruce Lee was rejected from being in America's military. How you, Bruce Lee, I mean, he didn't even need you no, know, you know, he probably run basic training. I mean, you know, he lit basic training up. He went in with no gun, just snapped somebody's situation and hid in the trees or something, just crazy. Sidney Poitier was told he should be a dishwasher and not act. Anita Baker was told that she Didn't have any star potential. And so we see that, you know, a lot of times people can get things wrong. But a lot of times, a lot of people have experienced rejection. How many of you, by the show of hands, have experienced rejection before? Amen. Amen. I'm not going to ask you, are you experiencing rejection? But have you experienced rejection? Um, One of my concerns for the believer and the saint is that we let Rejection be our compass. For me, one of the things that I'm concerned about, um, of course we heard at the conference that Christianity is no, we're we're no longer in a post-Christian culture, we are in an anti-Christian culture. And with that in mind, some of that's for good reasons, amen to the good reasons, those are things that we should repent of. But then there are right reasons, stances that we should take that we shouldn't water down because Christianity isn't light. You have to be careful of changing who you are to adjust to someone else's compass of what you should be. Because rejection can have all kinds of negative effects on you if you let the rejector be the central component of announcing your identity. And you, you have to be careful of who you allow to be your central influencer about what makes you you and what makes your life your life. I mean, all of us have heard all kinds of things. I hate when people reject you, then they try to soften it up. You know, with stuff like, you know, it wasn't my intention. You know, I'm sorry you felt that way. That's not even like an apology. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what was that? You understand what I'm saying? Um, I didn't mean to hurt you, but you knew it was and you did it anyway, all right? It's not me, it's, I know y'all heard that before, right? And then this is, this is, this is the, my favorite one, don't take it personally. When you know that that's impossible because of what happened. And rejection is nothing new. Christians all throughout history have experienced rejection whether it be on the personal level matter of fact Jesus Christ consistently prepared believers for the fact that rejection was going to be a part of your journey as a matter of fact he told you you were going to be hated because of me uh, um, as a matter of fact Jesus family you know came out with telling him hey tell your family out there he said man man listen this is my mom this is my pops this is in other words Jesus understood that rejection was a part of the journey. Uh, but if you don't recognize and be able to see rejection for what it is as a part of your journey and a harnessing mechanism, you will find yourself going ballistic and crazy over everything people says, over everything people don't allow you to do, and over things that you can't control that you allow people in your life to have control over. And so I got two points for you today from my point, people, and I'm done. If you're going to conquer rejection, number one, when Jesus is... In the picture, human rejection is never ultimate. You must recognize when Jesus is in the picture, human rejection is never ultimate. It says, write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, thus says the holy one, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one closes, and who closes and no one opens. See, if this is a Pentecostal church, everybody would have ran out the church and came back in. Everybody would have just took elevators, went down steps because soon as they'd have heard it, Jesus got a key and he opened stuff and nobody can close what he opened and nobody can, he can close something but you can't open it no matter what you try because you're, listen, everybody in the ministry would have lost their minds but but we gonna get there one day, we are gonna get there one day that was that was just shoutable right there. But, but see, there's shoutable stuff before it if you know who he is. Yeah. Because what happens is, is that it says, he calls him, he says, thus says. Now that should have struck you right there. Because usually, somebody says, thus says the Lord. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus doesn't use the prophetic formula to speak of getting a word from somewhere else. Okay. In other words, instead of saying, thus says the Lord, Jesus says, thus says me. I'm at the wrong church today, all right. (laughs) Thus says me, in other words, I am the word. So I am the origin of what I'm saying to you. Therefore, I'm equal to the one who told the prophets, thus says the Lord, they were actually saying, thus say me. This is dope, because Jesus is just flagrantly flossing in this text. I mean, as he begins to go through it, it's, it's funny people say Jesus never said he was God, but he said it all the time. He just said, I'm God, by saying, thus says me. But then if you don't think he said it, then he says, I am the holy one. Now, Isaiah uh, 43, 15 says, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. They don't get no plainer than that. So he basically says, if any Jew was listening to this passage, they, if they were a believer, they would shout. If they were a non-believer, they'd get mad and tear their clothes because Jesus is letting you know who he is. Whenever Jesus is about to do something in your life that's amazing, he wants to show you the magnitude of who he is in relation to the magnitude of what he wants to do in your life. And so what he does here is he goes from saying, I'm the holy one, and then he goes from there and says, I'm the true one. In other words, Jesus is the realest real. In other words, Jesus is real. In other words, Jesus is so real that he doesn't like do things um, that are fake. Like Jesus, if he says he's building mansions, he's actually building mansions. You know what I'm saying? He didn't rent a mansion and show it on MTV Cribs. He actually builds mansions. If he says he has gold bulletproof vests on that he has on in glory, a golden girdle, then it's actually real gold that's moves and that's air breathable and everything. Jacob the jeweler ain't coming to get his bling after Jesus shows up in a vision. Everything that Jesus has is the realest of real. As a matter of fact, he's so real that when he look at your life, he sees the messiness of your messiness and the realness of your messiness, yet the glory of his holiness, and he's still in seeing the realness of how you really are that's not the a sanitized version of you but he knows and sees the realness of who you are and he wants to show up in your life to bring truth in your life to bring change in your life to bring the realest of real into your life he's the true one but but then but then Jesus starts showing off uh, now, now, now he's the only one that can show off and be okay with it not being prideful because it's actually real so what he does is he said I'm the key of David Oh, who has the key of David. Now you gotta understand, kings love to show off the fact that they had a kingdom key. And what they would do is they had big keys. They had, they had little keys. You know, they had little, uh, uh, big keys. And when i talk about key, I'm talking about an actual thing that opens the door, not the thing that gets sold on the block. Just gotta make sure we make that. So somebody be like, Jesus got keys? Wow, wow. How many grams, how many grams? It's keys, right? But what they would do is they would hang them over their shoulder and walk around in floss. So that, you know, you know how when you got a nice outfit on, how you, how you walk a little different. You know, back in the day, we used to act like we used bow-legged walk like that. Jesus, Jesus will wear his key on so you can see the key. And what he's letting you know is something very, very particular. Notice it didn't say keys, plural. It just said he has the key Of David now you got to go back to 2nd Samuel 7 and to know what happened David God showed up to David in a vision and he begins to promise David what he was gonna do because of his grace on his life he told him he was gonna give him three things repeat after me house House. throne, throne kingdom amen and then later on Isaiah prophesies about one who will have the key of David or actually be the key of David so when Jesus Christ talks about I am the key of David he basically says I have the master key to everything I'm by myself in other words Jesus is not like the janitor that has to walk around with a ring of a bunch of keys and have to find the key that works for each door Jesus literally has one key and that key can get him into anything that he wants to get into and he can lock anything that he can lock in other words the key is for opening and the key is for locking i wish i had some help in other words in in, in our lives jesus can open some stuff and he can lock some stuff let's see if we can make this thing plain because it's beautiful in the text what he begins to say because he not only says that he's the key of david but then he says who opens and no one will close He almost dares you, he almost dares you, see the rejected should be shouting already because when you've been rejected by people who think that they're sovereign over opportunities in your life, see be very careful of getting frustrated with closed doors, that humans close Because when a human closes the door, many times we get depressed because we were so invested in that opportunity. We were so invested in that door opening. But what you got to do is every now and then, Jesus will come by the crib with something on his shoulder. After you got rejected through that door, he'll just walk through and say, remember this? Remember this? In other words, now you got to understand Jesus. Jesus is not only the key of David, he's also the door to everything. Because John 10 says he's the door, but right here it says he's the key. So he's both the door and he the key. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. Now, now, not only that, now what's dope about Jesus is Jesus, listen, Jesus is so amazing is that he doesn't have to open doors only, he can create them. (laughs) In other words, (laughs) humans have to use what God created to make things. God can say something and what didn't exist can come into existence. Let me see if I can make it plain. Bible says in the beginning, God barach es nichalo. In other words, he created out of nothing. See, in your life when something closes up and you don't feel like there's no other ways for anything else to open up and there's no other ways for anything to happen and you feel extremely rejected, you better go to the throne of grace where your king is recognizing that not only does he have a key, but that he is the king. Listen, a closed door by man is a divine opportunity for Jesus. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you, how do I know this? Because they got kicked out of the synagogue, the synagogue of Satan. I'll explain that in a second. But they got kicked out of the synagogue because the synagogue had Christians in it. <clears throat> Many times, the more their Jesus meter went up, man got mad because they like things to be man-centered. In the Jews' sense, they want it to be ethnic-centered. So their gospel was their identity as Jews. Oh God help me. But the more you promote Jesus, he trumps everything. So what happens is, is you begin to make people uncomfortable the more Jesus-safied you get. So what happens is usually when you get more Jesus-safied in a gospel-centered, glorious way, it makes everybody else uncomfortable and rejection will happen. When that rejection happens, be careful of thinking that that's the only way God can do what he wants to do. Because many of you under the sound of my voice are are, are frustrated about some opportunities that you think are absolutely closed. But when you absolutely understand that Jesus has the key to the kingdom, not only does he have the key to the kingdom, but he gives out keys to his missionaries. See, see, this is going to unsettle you. That's why he said, I'm giving you keys. Matthew 16. And he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Oh, I wish I had time to talk about it. But what's so powerful is, in other words, the idea is to announce In other words, you have the ability, I'm not talking about name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, call it, haul it. Right? We don't have the capability to make our words power. That's new thought theology, a.k.a. reshaped new ageism. The believer, though, can be in the scriptures and basically announce what God has already done as a mechanism that God's sovereignty waits on to unlock. Let me see if I can make it plain. I mean, we's coming to this year. And every year I'll get a little antsy around February because with the Frequency Conference coming up, you know, there's no money. None. Because it just comes back to the, we may, you know, we're, we're not in the black, I mean, not in the red or anything, but it is what it is. So every year, I have to raise 175 to $180,000. He's like, wow. Not from Epiphany from somewhere else. Now, I'm going into the year like, man, I done talked about race. And you know I got some white donors. I'm keeping it all the way 100. Now, we're not trying to divide the other, I'm just being real. You know, I'm like, Lord, now, I done stepped all the way out here, the manuscript in. And the Lord like, well, walk in truth. And I was like, I don't know how we gonna get 180,000 dollars. But this year, usually I'm real nervous. I said, you know what? God always be doing something. <laughs> you understand know what I'm saying? So I'm going to swag out on Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm going to put my confidence in him. I can tell you that everything we needed for last week to happen came in. Sponsors called us. We had some people that pulled out and we had some people that lowered. But listen, I had to be careful of thinking that they're my source. I had to be careful of thinking what God wants to happen is tied to me pleasing humans. And what I had to begin saying is I'm not going to be a jerk, but I'm going to do what you called me to do. And then I'm going to trust you to bring every resource in. And God not only brought every resource, he did above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. He'll open a door for you no matter what. He Listen, I love the fact that he can open the door. I got to go to closed doors now. Lord. Woo. When God sometimes closes a door, when he says, I close it, nobody can open be careful of trying to kick down doors that god doesn't want you to go through because sometimes your rejection is connected to god's work in you let me just tell, that's, that's why the bible says it was good for me that i was afflicted in other words you need to say to yourself it's good for me that I was rejected. Because sometimes rejection shows you who you are. See, see, I, I remember I liked this little girl back in the day. And I don't know she told me I was ugly, I knew that wasn't true. Um, I knew that wasn't true. I don't know what it was, I knew that wasn't true. But I felt rejected by whatever she was saying. And I began this carnal self-examination tour of myself. And, and what began to happen is God uses rejection as a way for you to see what you're trusting in for him to do stuff in your life. Next time you get rejected, tell your rejecter thank you. Because let me tell you something, God is going to use that rejection as a way to help you. Yeah. Listen to what the text says. The text says to them, he says, I know y'all are weak. Yeah, look, 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 at what, look at what the text says after this in verse. I got to go down. I've just been preaching. Okay. <laughs> says in verse eight, he says, I know your works. Look, and I have placed before you an open door. I like that. Now, it wasn't until the door got closed on them that God showed them the open door. I'm going to come back to that. He said, because you have little power. It's amazing. They had little social power in their context. But Jesus wasn't saying they had little power in general. They just had little power socially. That's why they got kicked out of the synagogue. God sometimes creates rejection as a way for you to trust him. How? How? Because if, if every door was open for you without Jesus' help, you wouldn't need him and you wouldn't pray. So Jesus loves you enough to shut you down sometimes. Oh, I feel God right there. What he does sometimes, and what he'll do is he'll close some doors to frustrate you. But what he's trying to do is let you know that that person may have been a resource, but they're not your source. And what you need to begin to recognize as a baptized believer is that God is sometimes the cause of your rejection. Because the reason why your, your faith and your walk with him is so intense is because he closed doors for you so that you can go to him. <laughs> see, see, God, God loves to constantly frustrate your life. You can believe it or not. You can believe that foolish theology if you want. God nurtures your life in constant shunningness so you can say God why is this getting done nobody liked the fact that you talked to him right after rejection took place but people but 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 people when doors tend to be open because we're not people of gratitude and then what happened is you know how you get you know how I get if doors are constantly open for you we get a little arrogant you know you know I know some of y'all 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 super filled You know, but some of us, when there is time and time again where things have happened and we didn't necessarily pray about that happening. And we, and and somebody hooked us up and this person liked us and this person saw our degree and this person saw what I did on this and with that. And then then we begin to say, yeah, because I was doing this or because when I was that and because I that. And so what becomes is I becomes huger in your life and you begin to forget about God so God say oh you got a lot of eyes in here I'm gonna just put some G.O.D. in here and guess what I'm gonna do I'm gonna just start shutting some stuff down and let your behind get depressed about the doors getting closed so that when you get to the point where you recognize that nothing that you have that nothing that you are doing that nothing that you have in your hand it never came from you it never came from your hand yeah he helped you to get a deal yeah he helped you to be blessed yeah he helped you with the opportunity but nothing in your life would have happened if it had not been for the Lord (laughs) feeling it rejected is good for your soul because it draws you to Jesus I like when he said he said there's some doors he said I open and nobody closes and I close he so said, when I close, nobody can open. He says, don't try to get somebody else on the inside. He said, I can close. He said, I'll shut down your hookups. Go ahead. But then, <clears throat> when you understand that he's the key, I like what happens. He said, I've set before you an open door. <laughs> I set before you, not you did for you, but I set before you. I love it because now we see that God, through Jesus Christ, He's opening up more than just your business, He's opening up more than just a relationship. Ain't nobody gonna say amen on this part, it's okay. <clears throat> the key is about the kingdom, yes. not you. Yes. Let me say that again. When Jesus uses his key in your life, it's always about something bigger than you. These are kingdom keys. These are your keys. Whatever you want to go into, if Jesus ain't in it and it ain't about helping others, clink, clink. But whenever you want to do his will, And you say, whether you give it to me or not, I'll serve you. But when you, when you talk about, uh, ah. And see, the beauty of the text is it shows us the glory of this. And nobody, nobody gets into, he gets into character. Somebody say character. He says here, he says, I know your word. He says, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name you know what i like about them is when they get when they got rejected they didn't leave jesus <laughs> oh that's so good in other words he says did this you know what i like about y'all jesus saying he said i like this about y'all that you got rejected and you didn't blame me <laughs> you got rejected and kept on walking with me that's the test of your life can God close every door that your dream once opened and he's still enough? Because our life is, our identity is tied to our dreams, not him. And if your identity is tied to your dreams and not Jesus, he'll teach you a good rejection lesson. No matter how gifted you think you are, no matter how qualified you think you are, no matter what you think about yourself, Jesus Christ will close doors and you won't understand why in the world are these doors closed? It should have happened for me. No, nah, he wants you rather than your dream. Um, He goes down, which brings me to my next point. Jesus takes pleasure in vindicating rejected people. Mm, That's a good word. Jesus takes pleasure in in vindicating rejected people. Says note this, I will make those from the synagogue of Satan, these are actual Jews, not fake Jews. They're actual ethnic Jews who call themselves Jews and are not, but are lying. He said, I will make them bow down, come and bow down at your feet, and they will know that I have loved you. Now, the church was made up of both Jews and Gentiles, but he actually calls the Gentiles more Jewish than the non-believing Jews. Right here in the text. So you can be ethnically Jewish, Hebrew, Israelite, whatever you want to call it, and if you don't exalt and believe in Jesus, but your ethnicity comes first, Jesus will let you have your ethnicity, but he won't call you chosen. But look at what he said. He said They're lying. He said, and listen, this is interesting. He said, I will make them bow down at your feet and they will know that I love you. This is awesome stuff right here. This points back to Joseph. When his brothers rejected him, remember God told him his brothers were going to bow before him. But what's dope is God basically is saying if you were rejected in secret, I'm going I'm to vindicate you in broad daylight. In other words, he, said, he says, I- I'm going to show you the love. No, one of my favorite verses on this is, is, is Psalm 37. It says, do not fret because of evildoers and do not be envious of wrongdoers for they will wither like, quickly like the grass and fade like green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. In other words, God tells you instead of getting mad at your rejectors and trying to put general points out on Facebook about them to put them on blast, God says don't do anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, because God can deal with your rejectors better than your little scorn self with a few words so what God loves to do is he loves to take the reject dead and put them before their rejecters and show them in broad daylight that I'm down with them and I'm putting you on blast. Now what I like about Psalm 37 is it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit or roll your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do it. Here it goes, he will bring forth your righteousness as light and your judgment as noonday. In other words, whenever somebody rejected you, when somebody put you out there, you don't have to fight the battle yourself yeah. that's why God told Jehoshaphat you ain't even gonna be able to fight you ain't even got to fight because this battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. When Moses hand, held up his staff in the window, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When Jesus was getting taken to the cross, it says he didn't revile when reviled, he didn't revile in return, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. When you get rejected, don't have a rejected-centered life. Have a Christ-centered life. When you have a Christ-centered life, then your life isn't built around proving your rejectors wrong. That's God's job. I'm by myself. And that's why he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Somebody was wrong about you, family. If that family member was wrong about you, they told you you'd never be nothing. They liked your sister or brother more than they liked you. And you were the dark-skinned one, and they were the light-skinned one, and they liked the light-skinned one better than the dark-skinned one. Colorisms in our community. Whatever, whatever, whatever it was, this one was more gifted, so they put more into them and invested more into them than into you. Don't try to become something great to get their amen. Because if they didn't like you when you was growing up, they won't like you now, and you need to stop trying to build your life around pleasing people that don't even care anyway. I'm done. <laughs> he says, because you have kept my commandments, my command to endure. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Endurance is a command, not an option. There you go. It, Preach it. Preach it. When believers got saved, the first thing they taught them in new members class, th- through many tribulations shall you enter the kingdom. It, <laughs> then he says, I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is coming on the whole earth to test the world and all who live on the face of the earth. He says, I'm coming soon, hold, to, <clears throat> hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. Don't let a rejector g- make you lose your crown by you losing your sanctification through your anger. Let me tell you why. Jesus understands this, how do I know? He's, he, he has a heart for rejected people. Why? Because he was rejected by his creation. The Bible says the stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. now, 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 what I like about Jesus is Jesus always got opportunities to take exaltation shortcuts. The devil in Matthew 4 tried to make him take shortcuts, but he he's took him to this, took him to that, turned his stone to bread, stood, stood on the pinnacle. But know what Jesus knew? Jesus knew Philippians chapter two. It says for a while he would be in the form of a servant. But listen to what it says. It says, but God highly exalted him by giving him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So everybody that rejected Jesus, God the Father is gonna set Jesus up on his throne and make all those people announce who he is even though they rejected him. But Jesus says the same thing that my father did for me, I'm gonna do for you, because the text says right here is that guess what? I'm gonna make the rejectors bow down to you and admit who you are, and guess what he said? The only reason I'm doing this is so they know I love you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. So listen, don't you shirk on any rejection that comes from earth. Because God has invested in you in Christ through his death and resurrection and identity. And that door can never be opened. It is a done deal for eternity. Father God, God we thank you for empathizing with our rejection. And thank you for coming through for us. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. He wants to become a part of your life. Whether you know it or not, you need him. Growing up in church doesn't bring him into your life. Um, Being moral doesn't bring him into your life. As a matter of fact, when you try to bring how good you are as a person before him, Guess what he'll do, he'll take your rubric that you use for yourself, and what he'll do is he'll judge you against your own rubric and show you that you didn't keep your own standards, nor his, and so instead of doing that, what he does is he gives you his standard. Jesus is his standard. That's why the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've never placed your confidence in what Jesus has done on the cross. He went from discon—he took us from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection. If you're here today and you want to place your confidence in Jesus, hold your hand way up in the air. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. Is there one this morning, this afternoon now? Any, anyone? Whether you're on the back wall, whether you're up in the balcony, anyone that says, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to go from spiritual death to spiritual life spiritual disconnection is spiritual connection. I've heard about it, but I'm not sure I'm clear on it. Or you just want want somebody to walk you through it. If that's you, hold your hand up. We would love to talk to you more about the truth about the gospel of God's wrath being satisfied, his anger towards our sin, being satisfied because of what Jesus has done. Is there anyone this morning that wants to place their confidence in Jesus? Anyone, anyone, anyone. Well, amen. Well, while your head is bowed and every eye closed, If you have dealt with rejection that's been hard to shake, I would love to just spend a moment and take a moment to pray for you. Pray that God would restore you and work in the midst of that rejection. If that's you, come on, come on up. I'd love to pray for you if that's you. Thank you for coming, sister. I see you, brother. I see you, brother. I see y'all coming. a lot of people coming, so let's let's come in tight as we can, family. You can kneel if you want to. You can kneel if you want to. You can lift your hands if you want to. I see y'all coming. We'll wait on y'all. Anybody want to come from the balcony, we will wait on you. We will wait on you. Anybody. If you want to come. If you can't come because of some reason anywhere in the sanctuary, you can just stand where you are. (laughs) Lord, help us. I see you coming, sister. We'll wait on you. Anybody else has experienced rejection and you know it's impacting your journey a bit or you you haven't been able to shake it. It's just been like the unhealable wound. (laughs) You know you're dealing with rejection. I see you, brother. You know you're dealing with it If it's always what comes up when something good or bad happens in your life. I see you coming, sis. We'll wait on you. I see you, brother. I see you, sis. I see y'all ladies coming. Anyone else? Matter of fact, if you're sitting in your seat and you're wrestling with getting up, that means you should. It's no condemnation. This ain't, ain't, we ain't judging nobody. I see you coming, brother. Thank you for being bold. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sis. I see y'all coming. If you're in the wrestle position, that means yes, that's you. And God wants to overcome it. God wants to God, God, God wants to show you that He has to overcome it. Rejection. Maybe you're single and you've dealt with a lot of relational rejection. Maybe because and I don't want make singleness about getting married. That's not what I'm saying. But if you want to be married and you keep experiencing rejection and it's affecting you in a very, very negative and unhealthy way, I want to pray for you, too. <clears throat> That's you. You have some relationship challenges that have put you in dire and frustrating straits. Maybe your rejection is nobody in particular has rejected you. It's just something in your life just hasn't happened. And that just makes you feel rejected. That's come forward as well. Anyone? Anyway, I'll see y'all standing up. Thank you, I see you brother, thank you for popping up. I saw you from the back too, brother, thank you. Thanks sis, I see you, I see you. Rejection. Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is the key. The key to opening up, what only you can open and closing what only you can close. God, I thank you that no one or anything has ultimate place in our life. That's that's something in situations where whether the bills are due or something right now just counts on a door being open. Sometimes that one door feels ultimate because of the need being so prevalent. (laughs) And God, I still pray that people would see you as the God of tight times. that you could come through at the buzzer. Help your people to see that, God, and help your people who are dealing with identity issues, sexual identity issues, who <clears throat> feel rejected by their family because they said, I wanna walk as a Christian, but I am struggling with this. Maybe that's you. Maybe you, you, you deal with mental health issues and you feel rejected all the time because of that. We're praying for you today. God, we take them up before you. We take the person before you that feels like a disappointment to their family. Lord God, help them to know they're not a disappointment to you. But God, show off your love in their life. And Lord God, I pray that you will restore each person from every area of rejection, that they would turn the corner and know that you are ultimate in their life. That nothing else is ultimate but you And God, I'm praying for some open doors in some places where they will see that it was nothing but you. i pray for some closed doors for some people so that you can can nurture in them that identity health that's healthy for us. Where we will find ourselves in you. And God, help them to know that you'll take care of their needs. Somebody's just worried, God, that you won't take care of them. God, I pray that you would overshadow them with your peace that you would overshadow them with your love, letting them know that, God, you can walk with me, and I will take care of you. And, God, some stuff is dried up in some people's lives, and they don't know how you're going to come through. God, I pray that you would work in supernatural ways so that they could see and know that it was nobody but the Lord. God, some people's journey and purpose is being hindered, Lord God, by God, their... um, i would say lord Lord god their journey and purpose has been hindered because of something in them that just keeps gnawing at them god i pray in the mighty name of jesus that you would unshackle them from that encumbrance based on hebrews chapter 12. and anything that would so easily entangle them and help them to run the race with endurance for another person it's they're drifting lord god based on hebrews 2 and i pray that they would not drift from the shore in jesus mighty name lord god but keep them and hold them in you. And God, this is, my, this is my biggest prayer. Let them know they can take it. Let them know they can take it. <laughs> Every point of rejection. Help them to learn how to expect it. That's a part of being a believer. And in them expecting it. Help them to know how to grab a hold of you with all of their might. And say, I know know exactly what this is. God, do your work. You're showing me something. You're taking me somewhere. I don't know where, but you're showing me something. Show me in myself where I'm weak, where I have little power, and empower me in that area, and help me stare rejection in the face and say, you don't have me, Christ has me. God, we honor you, and God, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody, with that said, you ought to give God a big old praise. Give him a big old praise. Thank you, Lord. Let's take communion. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.